A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Today's episode of The DNA Airwaves is brought to you by The DNA Project, your entertainment agency. Please visit thednaproject.ca for more details. It's also brought to you by The MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studio. Please check out the-mpl.com for more details. This is The DNA Airwaves. Hello, bonjour et wagwan, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the DNA Airwaves. My name is Dariki. I'm here with my partner in crime, Anthony. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, today we are joined by Lisa Sunshine. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. We really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. How are you today? Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I am doing great, and it's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. So we just want to chat a little bit about you, your career, your music, your future plans, and anything else in between. Let's so to, do it. Let's do it. To get started, um, can you just take us to the beginning and let us know how you got your start with music and who or what inspired you? Yes, yes, yes. So um, I was kind of one of those kids who kind of came out singing from the womb. Uh, I think my parents realized that I um, had talent quite young and I was always performing. Always when, when company came over, I was always putting on the show. Um, you know, very young, I, I started taking vocal lessons and uh, my, my, um, I started singing um, at family functions, like big family affairs. And we connected with Jackie Richardson, who, as most people know, is a huge Canadian jazz singer who sang at a few of our, our affairs. And, and Jackie said to my parents, like, she's, she's got to study with my teacher. So very young age, I started studying with the late Theodore Gentry, who made such an incredible impact in my life. He was also huge in the Canadian music scene. Theodore and I spent every Sunday together and he really wanted me to get into opera music. And I was like, Theo, that's not my bag. Like at a very young age, I knew that, that wasn't something, but musical theater was something that I really always connected to. I was that kid doing like every line from rent from start to finish blaring in my room. And so Theodore and I worked together for several years. And then I knew that the only thing I really wanted to do was musical theater. I wanted to perform. So I auditioned and got into Sheridan College's musical theater program was one of the uh, most prestigious musical theater programs. They I think they accepted 40 out of thousand applicants. Wow. At that time, I knew, I knew I had talent. I knew I was the best wherever I was, but I wasn't 
once you put 40 incredibly talented people from all across Canada, you're, you're challenged to kind of find your own way. So through my three years at Sheridan, really found my way, my voice, what I felt was, um, you know, how I kind of viewed my musical career. And it's so interesting because when I graduated Sheridan, I really thought, okay, I'm going to go to Broadway. Like that was it. I wanted, I wanted to be in New York and I wanted to go to Broadway. And then the reality sets in when you graduate, you're like going to auditions and, you know, maybe you're, you can sing them under the table, but maybe you're not right for the part. And so very soon um, after I started, um, I started uh, Sunshine and Broccoli. So Sunshine and Broccoli is a pop rock show for kids. And my aunt was taking her children, very young children at the time, to these um, mom and talk groups. So, you know, you sit in a circle with all these moms and these little babes and, and you sing and I played a little bit of guitar at the time. And once I got booked for my first gig, I kind of chickened out and I asked Brock Broccoli of Sunshine and Broccoli. He was um, my best friend from Sheridan. We both did the, the program together. So him and I, you know, had this really amazing musical connection. So I called him. I said, like, will you help me for this first gig? Like I chickened out and he's like, for sure. And we wrote a welcome song and we wrote a goodbye song and we went to do the gig and all the moms were like freaking out. They're like, you guys are amazing. Where, where have you been? Like, we need to hear more of you. So from there, we decided to very grassroots record our first album, Sunshine and Broccoli Jam. And the parents freaked out because I think it was the first time in a very long time where children's music sounded great and mm-hmm very musical and very, um, you know, I, I, I'm now a mom, but I, at that point was not. And the thought of listening to these very annoying, non-musical things over and over again, I think it was very refreshing for the parents to hear us, which right. was a huge compliment. So from there, we got a manager and a producer and we worked on our second album and started getting a lot more attention um, in the Canadian music scene. Um, we call this kind of music kindy music, kids indie music. Um, and it's taking on a massive, um, it's just this new realm of music for kids that that opens up the world to both parents and kids being able to listen to the same kind of music at the same time. So let's fast forward to my fourth album. I got a Juno nomination for the album. It's cool to be kind. Um, it was an incredible, um, album that just kind of the theme of kindness was so important at the time as it continues to be. And we really kicked it up a notch with co-writing and different producers. And so, uh, the whole Juno experience was so incredibly, pivotal for our career Mm -hmm. Um, being at the Juno Awards being able to perform at the Juno Awards and being amongst the most elite of Canadian music we have Sarah McLaughlin we have Jan Arden we have (laughs) and so really feeling that this this was such an honor and then we just released our fifth album Hug Life and we just 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I love that. I yeah. Love <laughs> yeah. It, so it really, um, I'm really grateful to be, um, to be amongst this, you know, Canadian music scene that is just a very powerful place to be. No, for sure. It's, uh, it's, it's bubbling, and I think with some of the bigger stars that are now getting that international success, it's uh, it's really starting to put Canadian talent on the map. And I think it's always been here, but now more eyes are actually looking at the talent up north. Um, speaking of up north, what was it like performing at the NBA All Star Game? Oh my God, it was insane! I don't even when I got these calls, when I get these calls for these huge events. I kind of just like, I go into it like every other event that we do. Right. And the NBA was very, very special. It yeah, was, uh, the, the vibe in Toronto was, wow, buzzing. like yeah, just yeah. buzzing completely. And to be able to perform there just was like, also just like another wow moment in our careers where we're like, whoa, like <laughs> that mm. was cool. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible vibe there. I, yeah, I could totally imagine. I mean, some of the places that you've you've performed at just sound pretty awesome. Even just some of the festivals and the other um, like celebrations that you've been a part of. What has been like to you the most memorable show that you've ever done to date? I think the Junos. Yeah. Okay. I think the Junos was really special. We got to perform. It was called um, Junior Junos, and I think it was. Like I said, we go into each show the exact same. So we perform across the country and some pretty fabulous big events. We, you know, last year did junior, the junior uh, Jays game and all these really big festivals. And, but I think that to be recognized in a place where everyone is coming for this one festival, which was the Junos, it didn't really matter whether you were, on for you know world music you were nominated or you were nominated for best rapper of the year or best right. song of the year or best production of the year or whatever it was i think the vibe it was in london ontario the vibe was so incredibly special mm -hmm. so i think for me that was one of the biggest highlights for sure yeah no that makes sense i mean that is the pinnacle of musical entertainment in canada so to be amongst um your peers in that at that event must have been electrifying for sure. Yeah, and we we also do a lot of charity work, and we do a lot with um, sick kids. And so, on the flip side, I would have to say, like on a very meaningful level, mm -hmm. um, to be able to do a show at sick kids and 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 to really just be able to put smiles on these kids' faces and bring a little light and music into their their lives and their families' lives. And we uh, often do room visits after we do our big show. Yeah. So I also have to say that that's really special for us. I can imagine touching kids, especially in that time and putting a smile on their face when it's really hard for them to smile must be a really, really empowering feeling. So that's, I could totally, totally imagine that. Um, do you do any music or record? Do you have any recorded music that's outside of children music? I do. I do. Yes. I, I don't have anything recorded, right. um, but I do perform uh, quite a bit. A few times a year, I, um, I'll i be asked to join, you know, whether it's a one night cabaret show or right. this incredible 
incredible musical called Called to Freedom, written by Dave Trafford, who's uh, a host on uh, News Talk 1010. And we had the most unbelievable experience. And that that one sticks out for me because it was, I love performing and I miss so much singing, um, you know, my adult stuff. And this, this one was a, a show about Martin Luther King. So it's right up my alley. It felt really awesome to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. That, um, that uh, cabaret show, what was the name of that cabaret show? You know what? I do them all the time. Like, uh, it, 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 people would just call me and be like, do you want to sing in this show? It, we did one called Women in Song. Mm-hmm. We did one called, um, what was it called? Anyways, we do a lot. I do, anytime I'm asked to perform, that is something that fits into what I love to do. I, I love doing it because it just kind of brings me back to to the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite genres to perform? Um, I love musical theater. I love soul. I love, uh, yeah, pop and soul are kind of my, my jam. A little bit of jazz. Nice. Did you do jazz or any others as a, a formal training or formal schooling? Not, nothing formal. Okay. Nothing formal, but when I studied with Theodore Gentry, you know, as a, as a kid, we, we, we touched on a lot. So we did a lot of jazz back then. Um, it's something I'm drawn to, and it challenges you. So I like that. Yeah, I mean, most musicians, I think it's most important anyways for musicians, whether they do the formal or we do the formal uh, education or learning uh, kind of in the field, I think is, uh, you know, it's powerful either way, but a lot of people that I know gain more, I would like to say from just the hands-on experience, especially having a mentor who can pass down knowledge like that. So that's amazing. Well, that's, that was what, what I was going to say, which is so interesting for me. I was never studious. So even at Sheridan, when we had to do the studious part, I always froze up because that's just not the way my brain worked. But being able to like, you know, thank God I have a pretty good ear. And so being able to pick things up musically, I could never read music, but I could always listen to it once and sing it back to you. So I think that's a really good lesson for people, you know, to inspire people that no matter the way you learn or the way things show up for you, I mean, that's just your journey, right? So have no fear. It always comes. That's a great, great, great piece of advice for sure. Yeah. Um, when you're writing music, though, for, like specifically kids, where do you get draw that inspiration to make the children's music? So when I started writing kids' music, I've never written music before ever. I was never a songwriter. Um yeah. So when we started, we kind of just like our first album um, compared to where we are now, which is almost 15 years, a difference. Of course, we have grown and evolved tremendously. I actually teach songwriting and recording as well. Um, So I think when we first started, it was kind of looking around and seeing what, what themes were relevant at the time. So my first album had a song called Broccoli Jam. So that was about Brock rocking out on his guitar, where 
guitar for kids is just everything. Yeah. And then, you know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? So that was one of the songs on my, um, and then we, we poke fun. Like, I want to be a sour key. I want to be a, like just silly things and to take it to, you know, each album had such a different theme. It's cool to be kind. We just found that the, the world really needed, um, kindness. We needed to spread that message of kindness. So that album was kicked up with also a ton of different genres. We had soca, we had jazz, we had pop, we had R&B, we had hip hop. So that was really cool. And Hug Life, this last album, we co-wrote with some incredible Canadian musicians. And they helped us bring a totally different element um, into the music and the songwriting. This last album, I kind of, I, in my notes, I just write down things that inspire me um, that I hear kind of throughout the day. So I had like a list of things. Um, I loved the title Hug Life. I didn't know how we were going to beat <laughs> beat is cool to be kind because it really got us a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hug Life also seems to be, especially now in the world we're living in, it's just I think everybody everybody understands that message deeply. So writing kids music, putting yourself in the, the mind of a child is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know how you begin to like put your head in that space as a, an adult. So like, how do you start writing a song? Like, is it just like a word or like, where do you get the inspiration to actually like start writing a specific song? Do you remember some of those examples from like previous songs where the inspiration came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially my last album. I because we wanted to ride on the coattails of the Junos, we wanted to get an album out right away. Mm-hmm. And my first album, like there were there were years between each album where this one we're like, okay, let's do it. So I, I would, I would write these notes in. There's, there's a song on our last album called Stay Magical. And it's, uh, stay magical, stay magical. You have it all. There's only one of you. So when I, when I, when I, when I see these themes that kind of are the messages that kids need to hear, I don't want to be preachy ever, but I do want to have a message in each song um, that they walk away and they're like, yes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I got that. So um, so how do you begin? You just begin. Uh, we, we, we kind of take the time to just, just kind of put ourselves into, into their minds and, and what do, what message are they going to walk away to feel a little bit brighter? And right. if they're singing our songs, um, our, our one we just performed on global news was, um, spread your wings and fly. So it was like, um, it's okay to be yourself. Just believe in yourself, spread your wings and fly and you will reach the sky. So it's things like that. So the messages I think are important to walk away with, but not mm-hmm. be No, that makes sense. How's the production on the animated series going? Do you guys still, are you guys still working on that? We sure are. It is so awesome that, um, I was really happy when we pivoted to animation because I was pregnant at the time. I was like, guys, I'm not, I'm not filming a show being pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So when they switched to animation, we were so thrilled. Animation has a lot of longevity. um, And uh, it's really, really cool to see our characters come to life 
um, as we keep growing and uh, developing uh, the show and the characters. It's it's so awesome. Is there a potential date where we might be able, like the public might be able to see the show? I mean, everything's kind of put on hold now due to uh, current COVID, situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, hopefully once everything kind of comes back to life, we will be um, jumping right back in. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll have to nice. stay tuned. Uh, check out that when it does get released. Yes, please. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, we're looking forward. That's amazing. Um, what surprised you about your journey so far? You know what? That's such a good question. Um, how organic it's been. Mm. Yeah, I think that as people, we're so used to pushing things and making things happen. And the moment I step back and just kind of let things happen is the moment things really take off in the way that they're supposed to. So I think uh, the being organic, being showing up honestly, and I, I just believe that things go the way they're supposed to. And sometimes when we don't get the things that we want, I'm always so like taken back by the fact that like, okay, this store closed, but oh my God, that one opened and wow. So I think it's trusting in the journey and um, truly believing that you've got something great and something important for people to hear. And I think the rest is up to the universe. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you on that. And just staying on, on the journey. I know you've, you know, it's been a great path so far and I'm sure you have, I know you have a lot of work left ahead of you, but just thinking on the past so far, what sacrifices have you had to make? In, er- in order to reach this level? I don't think I've had to make any sacrifices, to be honest. I think, as I said, you know, I th- not that, that our journey is any different from anyone else's. I can only speak for our journey, but it really has been organic. And it really has been, you know, and we cruised for a while, you know, we got comfortable and really cruised and that's totally okay. I think that now as these opportunities are being presented to me, um, I, I'm just very open to them. And if they don't align with who we are and, and our brand and our, we are a brand now, I mean, we always have been, but now more than ever, we're a real brand. So I think, um, we have just had to be really get really clear with who we are and, and how we, we are perceived and really, stay true to that. Once we stay true to that, we know what works and what doesn't work. So I don't think there's been, I don't feel even, even me being, becoming a mom, my, my boy's five months old and, and everything worked out. Like January is often slow for us. It's just that time where it's just slower. Yeah. My son was born in December. And so I wasn't sure, was I going to take two months off? What is I going to take six months off? I really didn't know. And then when we started getting called to do shows, I was like, I'm ready. Like in February, it's like, I'm ready. And, (laughs) and it was really cool because I just kind of let it happen as opposed to planning it all out. It just, I don't know. Just everything's falling into place, I guess. Exactly. Yes. Amazing. Um, and I mean, over time, we've all experienced 
shifts in the music industry just as far as mm-hmm. well, even just relating specifically to like technology. So um, in, in this like more specific market that you are in, how do you feel that the internet has impacted your work? Oh, wow. That's a great one. Especially during this time of COVID, we, we, all our shows were canceled. So we had to think really fast and jump in very fast from, from moving our shows to stage to live internet shows. And, um, that has been unbelievable um, and such a very cool experience because we've never done this before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like we yeah. might have gone live three, four times, but not every day. Um, and as, as we pivoted quite quickly, um, it's been unbelievable, unbelievable uh, followings, unbelievable amount of people showing up to our shows and I think, I think it's been, you know, especially with Instagram, with your followers and um, the commitment there, I think, um, I think it's been incredible for us and our careers. Nice. Um, this might be a strange question, but I'm just wondering. So if you could, can you just, let me say it this way. Do you consider when you're performing, especially, I guess, with your, more with your live, inter- live yeah. stuff, do you consider it just being like yourself on stage or is it like a character that you have to get into? I think it's a glorified version of myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think nice. Sunshine, I mean, I've always been, my last name is Sunshine. That's how we, we got here with this. Um, and I think for me, I've always been this very bubbly, um, you know, larger than life personality. So I think that it's very much me, but just a little bit more elevated to connect to the kids. Gotcha. Has there ever been a time where you might feel that you had to kind of turn it on for a performance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know every performer isn't always sunshine and lollipops every day. So is there like, is there? No, a- no, no. Everyone's like, are you always like this? <laughs> no, I'm human. <laughs> no. <laughs> there are several times, but I think that's the gift of it all. I think that you could be having the worst day or something, you know, crazy happens that to throw you off. But the moment you are connecting to these kids, they feed it back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I, I get inspired from them. So if they're all, I see these happy faces and they're rocking out, I just, pushes me to give more yeah what do you enjoy most about being a musician connection i love connecting to to people i love connecting um i love inspiring um i love yeah i think that creating is especially when you're a creative person always have been creating is is a really a big gift because not everyone can do it. Right. I mean, everyone can True. do it if they wanted, but, but to be a musician is, is very special. And to make it in this industry is, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think that's where I'm really grateful. Um, not to say I wouldn't have made it if I was on my own as Lisa Sunshine. I just think the path that I chose to go, especially with Sunshine and Broccoli, um, gave us quite a bit of stardom in this Canadian music scene. So 
that I'm, I'm very grateful for. Nice. And then on the flip side, I don't want to say what you hate the most, but what do you think, what, what have you seen as the biggest challenge, maybe specifically to the Canadian music industry? Um, I think just staying relevant, staying, staying on top of it all, um, really growing with your fan base, um, constantly creating. Because sometimes you don't want to create, right? Like, sometimes you do want to cruise. But if you, if especially now, uh, you know, speaking from, like, the place of COVID, you have to be stay very relevant. Um, so we make sure to post every day on social media and our stories to see a little bit of behind the scenes. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's it's constantly staying on top of things. If you weren't doing music or children's music, do you think you'd still be in the music industry? I think to some capacity, 100%. I think that I see that with my musical theater friends, the frustration that comes with going to tons of auditions yeah. and not getting that part or, you know, doing a gig and not doing another one for many, 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 many months. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, the struggle is, is really, really taxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. And, and I feel it. And that's where, you know, I didn't, I didn't intend for this ever to be this. So yeah. that's where I'm incredibly grateful. And I just kind of keep riding with it. Definitely. What are your top three music uh, musicals of all time? Ooh, Great question. <laughs> Rent, number one, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wicked, probably number two. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen it yet, but I'm obsessed with the music, so I'm going to put it up there. L uh, Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette's musical. She has a musical? I didn't even know that. Wow. wow. Yeah, and I'm like dying to see it. Wow. Where is it being performed yeah. right now? On Broadway. Well, not right Wow. Now. On Broadway, and the music is just so special, especially... Mm -hmm growing up with with her so yeah yeah did you see uh have, what plays have you seen on broadway oh a ton yeah, when a i ton. was in musical theater school i was like going to new york every few months and seeing like five shows in three days like i was wow. one of those people yeah. you're a junkie <laughs> <laughs> exactly wow. i don't do that anymore i might see one when i go but but yeah i, I was like definitely one of those <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you know way, way more. I've, I've, I've seen a, quite a few in my time because I, I was a little uh, musical theater nerd in high school as well. So <laughs> I mean a bunch. Um, but yeah. Wow. I, I, I've only seen two at Broadway. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome that you've gotten to see five shows at a visit. That's amazing. I <laughs> and expensive. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, who are your, like, sorry to cut you off, Anthony, but who are, like, some of the musical theater, like, actors that you kind of, like, not admire, but just, like, are a big fan of? Is there any you want to shout out? You know what? I, I'm not so involved with that scene anymore, so there's mm. not people that I can say, you know, there's, like, the Ben Platts right. and, the, you know... Tina Madigan's and all these people that I used to be so gaga idea Menzel. Um, I'm still huge fans, but I don't, I don't follow the same way I that I used yeah, to. Yeah. I kind of stick to what, what, what I know that inspires me when I put it on or yeah. Are you a big fan of any 
someone else's children's music? A ton. A ton. I think that every year we go to a conference, um, which is worldwide. It's in Philadelphia called KindyCom. And we, they bring together all everyone that does what we do nationwide. Wow. And it is so awesome. And there's a showcase that everybody gets to perform. Wow. The talent from like reggae to rap to punk to pop to anything you can think of that they are now um, under the umbrella of kids music. It is absolutely mind blowing. So a ton. There's like our friends who won the Grammy a few years in a row. One is a jazz singer. One is it's just so wild. Oh, have you, I know this is random, but have you ever met Sharon Lois and Bram? I have. I had lunch with Bram. Oh, wow. He's a doll. And we, we share the same agent. Yeah. Legend. (laughs) That's that's the only children's uh, group I remember growing up them and maybe like, the today's special people. <laughs> exactly. And they, they were pioneers in kids' music nationwide, actually. Sure. And to sit down with Bram was so cool because I grew up with Bram. Because yeah. like, Bram, I want to cry. Yeah. Like, he was so inspiring. And they're in their mid to late 70s, right? So they're still rocking out. Wow. Which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They are legends. Do you see yourself going into like your later years still doing children's music? I do. I do. I do. I, I, to what capacity, I don't know, but, but I do. I think that we've been at this 17 years already, which is so insane for me to say I've been doing anything for that long. It blows my mind, but, but we're still like really there and really loving it. And, Always shifting and always growing and always changing, I think, is the most important thing. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. What inspires you outside of music? Oh, that's a great question. Um, What inspires me outside of music? Um, Community. Hmm. You know, my husband, now I have a child that's, beyond the most inspiring thing. I, I, my new album, I actually want to be for like little newborn babies because I sing to him all day long and, and just to see how much that soothes him and how much it impacts him. It, it's, it's wild. Um, I am really inspired by people who are doing real good things in this world. Um, and, connecting, especially now during COVID, connecting with so many different people. Um, I, I am so inspired by that. People, the way they're giving back, the way they're showing up. Um, always kind of, you know, our motto and my motto is always kind of like to inspire and do good. What, what can we, how can I help, you know? Yeah. So I think... Um, it inspires me a lot, especially during this time where it's like opened up different doors because people that maybe I wouldn't connect to that don't do what I do, but there is some sort of connection. Could we make something happen? Um, so I love community and I love connection and uh, that, that I have to say inspires me the most. That's amazing. Um, maybe I'll ask one more here. What would... What advice would you give to an aspiring singer, um, 
you know, as far as just based on your experience, if you can sit down with someone and just kind of show them the, show them the way in uh, maybe a couple of sentences, what would you have for them? I think, you know, it's cliche to say, but truly believing in yourself and truly constantly going back to you and saying like, is this working? Is this inspiring? What do I feel? Like, I think that as we, as any of us in anything we delve into, I think that you're going to hit roadblocks, of course. But if you constantly keep showing up, showing up for you, showing up for your community, it is, if you believe in you, then the world will see it. Mm, And I think just keep pursuing, keep like knocking down doors. You know, I'll tell you with my agent, it took me years to get in with him years and I never gave up. And I just kept writing him. Hey, Hey, we're doing this. Hey, we're around. Hey, you want to meet? Hey, you know, and finally years later, maybe three years, he wrote me back and said, I'll I'll book a meeting with you. And that was it. And then we signed on the spot. So I think that never be afraid to ask for help, never be afraid to ask for a mentor, um, learn, be really open to, to learning and learning about yourself and just sticking with it. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's some incredible advice, especially the learning yourself part. I think when you learn yourself, it's easier to know where you need help. So I would definitely oh, yeah. those, those sentiments. Thank you so much, Lisa for coming and talking to us. I really hope that um, we get to hear more of the journey and I'm looking forward to seeing that animated series. Can you just let the, the listeners know where they can follow you on your socials and if you have a website? Absolutely. We are at Sunshine and Broccoli, S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E and Broccoli. That's a dot com. That's an Instagram and that's a Facebook. And now we just joined TikTok. So please feel free <laughs> to follow us there. Love and it. reach out to us. We love, love, love hearing from you guys. Incredible. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for having me. What an honor. You guys are the best. And best of luck with this whole new journey. It just seems incredible. Well, thanks so much. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.